What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Garage Strength Podcast. I'm here with Earl Kunkel, three-time co-author, world champion of the year, king of the PA press. Dude, I've been struggling. You've been struggling with your PA press or your own, your own intros when, you've do, when you're doing YouTube lives? Um, haven't done that yet. When you did the on... The oh, YouTube. yeah. No, I did struggle <laughs> with it on the the live stream. Yeah. Yeah. Um, PA press. I missed 123 the other day. Do you feel like you're lesser of a person because nah. you use 123? Are you using pound plates at home? No, I have all kilos. I hate pound plates. Okay. I have pound plates, but they stay out in the garage. Isn't it wild that pound, pra- pound plates are drastically less like precise like yeah you can like when people ask me why do you use kilos like well first of all everybody lifts in kilos like but also like you can make better jumps like very like a lot better jumps yeah i just love kilos too it's easier too um one thing i recently bought more plates because i started deadlifting like consistently just because like i'm old now and like it feels good sometimes like to do something lift, yeah. real simple and just yeah. it's just heavy. Like it will crush me if I overdo it. It, right. it crush. I did a crazy lifetime PR deadlift thing, crushed me for probably two weeks. Like I didn't think I'd be that bad, but it was so bad I couldn't pull that same weight for a single seven days later. You're pathetic. No, not at all. You couldn't run five miles and deadlift five hundred. I bet I could. Times. I bet I could. Dude, we should make it a race. I think I could beat you in the race because of my um, VO2 max. <laughs> hey, mine went up on my Garmin. Nice. Yeah, it went up to 45. <laughs> and, I'm, I, and I'm interested because of my heart rate. Mon- I got the monitor. Yeah. I'm interested to see after I run like a, after I do like a really hard interval workout if that increases. I've never done a VO2 max like the telemetric device telling me what it is. Yeah. I've only done the mask. I wanted to bring this up quick too. Oh, Dane still doesn't believe my DECA scan no, I, has me as chubby as I am. It's not right. <laughs> Dude, we used to do a bod pod and the bod pod is like known as like a top three thing. Like it's super, super accurate. And there'd be sprinters that would come back at like two and a half percent body fat. And our coach would be like, you don't have two and a half percent. You've got like eight, like you're shredded. Dude, you're a sprinter. But you're not going below like six. And I think that I think water, I think, dude, I honestly think the skin fold test at like 13 different locations is actually the best thing to do. Yeah. I'm going to have to talk to what's his name? Brad Schoenfeld. He probably know. That's like what he does for a living. Yeah. Right? I feel like he does. Uh, I actually think water yeah. displacement is supposed to be a very precise one yeah. as well. My if if you haven't heard my deck of body scan says I'm like twenty percent body I don't fat. It. Yeah. And yesterday I flexed on Dane and like basically showed how many abs uh, and three th- and some side ab like coming through. I'm like, yeah. yep, twenty percent body fat. Right yeah. here it is. Yeah. And he's like, I don't believe it. I don't no, believe it. I don't believe it. Because the other thing is bodybuilders will say, like, once you get once you start seeing abs, you're under fifteen. You know, we're discussing uh Oh wait, I didn't get to share the thing I wanted to mention. Well, let me say we're discussing some West Side conjugate okay, stuff around okay. like, Dane, do you actually do this stuff? I think that's what the title's like. Okay. Right. All right, go ahead. All right. So I've been on this binge of triathlon endurance study. Oh, the ear thing, right? The ear you're gonna dude, get your ear pierced. <laughs> shut up. You know what's funny? I had a whole internal dialogue about power That's what lifters. happens when you get your ear pierced. You get a hole in it. Well, <laughs> God, that's such a dad joke. <laughs> Thank you. About about, I was just gonna say dads. I had a whole conversation about the culture of pierced earrings in powerlifters versus like Harley Chopper riders that have pierced ears versus their view of. I I know it's this massive stereotype, but homosexuals having ears pierced i literally had this whole conversation yesterday while i was driving anyway i wanted to tell you about (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) i wanted to tell you about um some of these triathletes yeah as soon as they come out of the pool like if they're doing interval work 
they'll take a they have this mask that they put over and it measures their vo2 max like in the moment so that they don't have to do as much uh lactate uh measurements because sometimes they get screwed up by the water so they'll take this measurement but they also have a mask that's telling them how much oxygen and they just like using. breathe into it how yeah. much does that piece of equipment cost because i'm sure you want one now. i want one and it's like dude it's it's the norwegians and I, I just they're all about that, right? They, they so I've been and watching they're, they're endurance athletes have been crushing on the world stage, right? Yeah. Triathletes, uh 10K runner. What's the one runner that's five exceptional? 10K mile, yeah. like 15 all the way up to a 10K. And then there are triathletes, the Olympic champ, Ironman champ. I think he won in Milwaukee this year. And then um, they're cross country cyclists. They're, and yeah, they've got they've got a lot in it. The interesting part is that when they're talking about it with the athlete, the athlete's explaining it and the guy's like, it's simple. Like we need this feedback and we keep it simple just so that our athletes can tell us too, so that they know. And they, they have the one scene, the guy's like, yeah, I'm probably going to be at like 1.8. He was at like, like two. Yeah. You start, like, I would assume a good, most athletes that are aware of their body can start tying sort of the intuitive feeling around the body around what the machine's going to tell them back. Yeah. 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 And I think the interesting part is that I actually think the way they use the reading is literally just like, if it's high, we cut here. If it's low, we increase here or we increase here with your pace. Like I literally think it's easier than, than we realize. Yeah. Go a little faster. Yeah. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's all there is to it. Mm -hmm. Sorry to break it to you. Like, as something as simple, like, I was sick last week, so when I did my long cardio, I'm like, I'm not going to hold the same pace I try. Like, I need to recover. I, yeah, yep. Man, people make things so hard. It's like, but hey, it, instead of squatting, bench pressing, and snatching, I'm going to go and hang from a, a ring. <laughs> and do a dumbbell bench at full extension right <laughs> yeah. the muscle fully lengthen and bench press i still want to try that before i leave today uh, you better get on it you've yeah. been talking about it all day since this i think morning. i have 48 hours according to this post to do it yeah is that when you're when the muscle fatigues most it's impossible no. too yeah well no that's he it's like a challenge oh i eat impossible burgers <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh man let's start talking about conjugate they're gonna stop listening soon. okay okay at least the, the non-normal listeners like right the people who are like tuned in are like all right the, yeah, let's let's go we're, we're here for the nonsense more than that yeah. <laughs> all right so i want to set a scene though because let me see how i do with this a world before the internet Ooh, okay man Powerlifting USA exists. A world where newspapers and magazines were read on the near daily. Look at you anticipating what I'm going to be saying yeah. here. Um, video games and entertainment were not nearly as ubiquitous and portable. So, like, Game Boy was, like, how you got your video game from one place to another. There was none of this Bluetooth and streaming stuff. Yeah. I don't know if our age group of audience are probably the people listening can remember this time. I remember Game yeah. Boy vividly. I never played it, and I never owned one, but I remember it. Yeah, being plugged into or having access to a screen wasn't a pocket reach away. Like, it, it wasn't just a cell phone. Yeah, you weren't plugged in. I I compared. I was talking to a friend uh, that I do a book club with. We were talking about like television. How um, you be signaled the ads coming right, commercial break. Mm -hmm. Where now, like Gen Z, like. They didn't quite, it wasn't quite as obvious for them, and even millennials too, where like now they have to identify, like, hey, this is sponsored content. Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah. people understand, like, it's not like just <clears throat> someone out of the goodness of their heart saying, hey, go use this product. Like, right. no, they got, do you think back that's Gen Z or do you think that's for old people who have zero capability of recognizing there's an algorithm that's targeting them specifically based off their past choices? <sighs> and, there's some regulation that Gen Zers or millennials wanted to get enforced. Like, can we make sure these idiot old people <laughs> get it? Really I think it, I think Gen Z a bit of it too, and I think millennials because they were the ones. So if you would say like, you're boomers, right? Like, television was like first put on them. 
So like you could get more over on them until they figured it out. Yeah. I would say millennials were the same way with social media. They could get more over on us initially because we were the ones that like it was all being tested on. Right. Where Gen Z and even the gen, probably the generation after, like all the tricks will be spelled out for them and they'll have people will be coming up with new ones. Okay. Uh, I could accept that. Just think about like how Orson Welles, like the world, War of the Worlds, like, got over people with a radio broadcast. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. You know, what's fiction and what's reality? It's all just content. Or as uh, John, is it Baudelaire says, it's just hyper-realism. We just make it up and it yeah. becomes real anyway. I don't know. Let me continue. Okay. Um, <clears throat> It was a time of analog culture. Magnetic tape and paper were the information superhighway. And Louis Simmons and his West Side Barbell put out VHS cassettes after VHS cassette and wrote article books and spread the good word of the benefits of a strength and fitness method known as the conjugate system or West Side Barbell. Essentially, like, that's how content was put out back in the day, right? Um, Dane, do you use West Side in your programming and training? Ooh, he's thinking. I would say I don't use West Side. I use Russian methods of training. Well, didn't Louis learn any everything from Russian methods too? Yeah, so that's where isn't I that like kind of his origin story around what he did? Yeah, and I I would go so for me it's like okay, and, and the researcher that I would cite probably the most would be Dietmar Schmidt Bleicher, who talks the most about undulation, and I think that you can go into like daily undulation versus weekly, and I think for for me. As far as inside a program, I really like using uh, undulation inside like a week layout, but also throughout like block to block or two blocks. And then, you know, you know, if we looked at exposure phase, comprehension phase on the macro scale, the more volume centric phases. Within yeah. Parabolic periodization. Yeah. And then you would drop off in parabolic periodization. Then we drop off in the ascension phase and the summit phase and we increase intensity. So that's the undulation there then, right? Volume. Yeah. Between intensity, right, and I think I think it's not the only way it undulates, but it's one of one of the little, one of yeah, one of the little like cues that we we can sort of use as as a guide for how we lay out the program. I think there's certainly going to be a large carryover. There's going to be a lot of things that you might see um, that I think you know. I I actually think that one aspect of conjugate that people don't talk about is their hypertrophy work was was pretty substantial like they would do like four or five sets of like 20 on like dumbbell bench or something and it's like i actually think that that's probably more so a characteristic that we use than even our undulation and i think that that's like going back and and i've been reading more about like di dynamic correspondence and and sports wait 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 that's not dynamic trunk control <laughs> explain to me this dynamic correspondence that you've been reading about so it's like how it's actually i should go get super training and, and i should i should go get super training and bring it out and, and actually read it to us so that we can read like the initial textbook and this is a russian theory but essentially like there's five key variables around dynamic correspondence and transferability to to a sport and okay. does it exist you know how and to what degree does it exist um <clears throat> basically like it shows that maybe like twitch twitch uh twitch force or rate of force development or joint angles really will suffice as far as specificity it doesn't need to like directly mimic a throw and if you think or uh, directly mimic a, a a sport and if you think about um it just needs to be in the ballpark the vicinity yeah yeah and and like a good example might be does a baseball player who does do they if let's say they do a a side shuffle into a shot put throw in the wall but they're using their their stance or their their you know the the way that they throw a baseball they train it with a medicine ball at 20 pounds something like that and it looks explosive and it looks fancy does that actually increase the speed of their release 
if you know if we would compare that to like if they put 20 pounds onto their power snatch whereas the power snatch it doesn't correlate by the eye test but by the angles and by the speed and by the movement of a load it does and so like the correspondence so it's how you think of the okay so the correspondence i don't if I want more speed, I can think of a movement that's fast, mm-hmm. right? And I can put them maybe in a split stance, like to mimic a crow hop. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have two points of correspondence now within the five. Yeah. And through those, that, I can set up an exercise that doesn't have to be an exact replica, per se. Right. Like, to try to mimic it, like you were saying, with the med ball toss. Right. And potentially or maybe it's been proven out that like a split stance snatch like i'm just throwing yeah, something right. out there yeah yeah, yeah. it's going to do more than a med ball throw potentially through these two instances of correspondence yes yeah um yeah and i think that going back to the hypertrophy aspect is like that that conjugate uses quite a bit of i think you can make the argument that if you're doing really high speed movements like sprints or plyometrics, like athlete day training, and then you're bridging down to higher speed movements that are a little bit more loaded, like impulse day. And then you go to leg power day and then you go into, okay, alpha leg power day. You're going to do more hyper. Sounds like work. a dynamic and a max effort, like yeah. correspondence that, that would be <laughs> fair. Yeah, that would be fair. I, I would say too, along the lines for me, I would also argue that like our, you know, going outside the hypertrophy stuff, I would argue we use more dynamic effort regularly than, than yeah. conjugate. Especially like to be exact, you pull very often within um, the GSPD, the garage strength program design. Like you're pulling constantly. Yep. You're not deadlifting pulling, but every time you pull a snatch, every time you pull a clean, you are pulling right like you're doing that and from an argument standpoint like it's a dynamic effort even though like you get up to a max the speed to do a technical coordination movement is just it has to be fast like you don't get away with slow doing that right right it won't work out for you man you find it on there i'm trying to find so dane's reading everyone on the audio only (laughs) yeah is his book out <laughs> i'm trying to read okay so if we focus on the process of functional specialization over many years of training it its most general features may be represented in the ascending flow chart so it's basically like you work through levels of like okay now you're training speed strength and endurance then the next level is coordination then the next level is display explosive force and specific endurance then the next level would be like special physical preparedness so you sort of work up over a long period of someone's career um, I'm trying to see in here where where it just talks about yeah like um, the dynamic um, correspondence specifically you, with like young kids too right training them at a young age making them smarter you know they pay attention more they learn how to take direction to like a lot of peripheral benefits of like lifting weights yeah. at a young age yes but like you don't need to be overly specific in what movements they do for Correct. them to benefit like yo if that kid's squatting benching you know, maybe a front squat and single leg variation or maybe an incline bench, like you're probably good. Yeah. Pull-ups, you know, getting the job done. Man, I, you know, when I got this topic idea, like handed down to me and I was thinking around this script, you know what popped into my mind first around the, um, the periodization, like in the programming was ramping came to my head right away um around the like sort of i guess what i understood with the conjugate system is like max effort okay like max out the lift go as heavy as you can and then the second thing that came to mind was i like that yeah i like that that comparison yes is the use of variations yes um i so that was also something that dave tate even mentioned like and I really want you to listen to that podcast. When it comes it come, out. No, not yet. I was going to say, 
so so I laid out how we think through designing a program. I laid out the whole thing for him, and he's like, "This is great. This sounds similar to how we think about with conjugate, where it's like you've got layers, and if like I think he might have said layer four, but if layer one is like bench squat, bench squat, deadlift, layer two would be floor bench, you know, box squats." Things okay. that you know are gonna feed it, feed it, and feed it. Like there, there's no question that it's if you the protein, yeah, exactly. If if and, and it's like that's layer two. So if layer one is the specific, then this is layer two, and you want to push layer two. Layer two is like, and this probably comes into. You could probably see this real easily in play, like in the peak strength app around yes. the weightlifting one. Yeah, how the days are set up too. Dude, you know what's weird is that I was sitting there while he was saying it, and I was going, okay, so. I, he's talking to me and I started to think about it through peak strength. And I started to go, okay, what do coaches want? If coaches can get their guys into peak strength more, or let's say if not even peak strength, if coaches, you have an outcome is the result that you want as a coach, which yeah. could be, uh, you know, be a better wrestler, more explosive, run faster as a running back. But to do that layer two is we need the running back to be in the gym four days a week. We need the running back to execute those four lifts for 50 to 60 minutes. And those are the value metrics that you put, that you want to push as a coach. And really the value metrics as a powerlifting coach is a bench or a floor bench or a, you know, or a box squat or maybe like dynamic pulls, whatever it might be. Yeah. But you start to look at that layer two, layer three, a bit more layer four, the, the bottom doesn't really matter that much, but two and three matter a lot. To pushing the competitive yeah, result. That's the carbs and the protein yeah. for your competitive result. Layer four is just all the yummy fat yeah. that you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Some keto guy is going to be upset right now. Oh, or I'm carnivore. sorry. I don't know. I, <laughs> I just had yummy vegetables today. I went and got Dane a plastic spoon they were good. so he can have they were some. Good. I was like, did you like that? He's like, yeah, it was delicious. Okay, so the, the SPP... You, you got to tell people exactly what SPP is. So I'm assuming that specialized physical preparedness should correspond as closely as possible to the dynamics and regime of work of the sports activity. So the dynamics and regime. So like how they're coordinating. Okay. okay. How they're executing the movement pattern. This requirement is the principle of dynamic correspondence. Uh, and this is in 4.3, which we'll go back to this, which stipulates the importance of the similarity between the training means and the fundamental sport exercises with respect to the following indicators amplitude and direction of movement accentuated region of force production okay the dynamics of the effort including maximal force the rate in time which is impulse i was going to say that's impulse i know that one yeah of maximum force production and then the regime the regime of muscular work what muscles are you using <coughs> and so he lays out five aspects and some of the arguments are I'm trying to think through this as, as clearly as I can, because I want to go back and read this other part for everyone too, is like if we're looking at like the, the accentuated region of force production, like your legs are, are doing a vertical jump. So like that's, you know, the dynamics so of does the, the region when it says accentuate, does it go like, does it think counter movement to jump? To landing, yeah, like, is that... I, I believe so. Yes. All right. Now the the debate that I'm reading and listening and and one of the debates that even uh, Tate talks about. So Tate Dave Tate actually talks about this more so, and it's easy in a sport like powerlifting where you have bench squat dead. Like the the correspondence is is direct. Like, yeah, I was going to no say like, change of amplitude. You do accessory movements, right? Like yeah. the correspondent, like I'm getting a bigger muscle, like it corresponds to, you know, so the first one, the amplitude and direction of movement. So a lot of people are like, there really only needs to be two to three of this to have a d dynamic correspondence, the amplitude and direction of movement. And this is coming from like studies with, um, figure skaters and gymnasts. So which is, one gets valued more? Sorry. Uh, like I think does it would, amplitude matter more or direction matter more? I, yeah, because I it's like that and that. Yeah, yeah, and, and so this goes into some sprint coaches will talk about this where they're like, it's hard to actually recognize that direction and amplification of that direction matters that 
much because your body intuitively knows when you're moving forward, like your brain, like if I'm standing upright right now, my, my brain, like my brain, yeah, it's your proprioception, right? Yeah, I like, know how to project myself and use the same muscles that I would use. So if I would do like hurdle hops or whatever, the reason why hurdle hops transfer pretty well to speed work, um, is because your brain understands when it's changing direction it knows like and they they've done like brain scans of gymnasts are able to comprehend where their body is in space now not everybody is as intelligent in space as a gymnast is but your body has it a natural inclination to understand how to to project forward because it it knows your body knows if i want to go forward i have to move my chest forward that changes my center of mass slightly, and then I have to walk slightly faster. When I was a young kid, I or always walk. wanted to be faster. Yeah. So I would, I knew my chest had to go farther and farther. I was the kid who would always end up in a tumble roll because <laughs> I was trying to go so fast. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, and I know this is getting a little bit off topic. And, I don't and this know. is, we're getting it from where Louie got a lot probably, of his yeah, things. Probably. Yeah. You're right. Too. You're right. Get, what I think is interesting is that there's the concept of muscle isolation in this book. So what in peak strength is like the hypertrophy work, the accessory yes. work, isolation, structural, structural body, bodybuilding, yeah, yeah, yeah. as yeah. we talk about on the YouTube channel. Yeah. And then in this same book right after that is dynamic correspondence of a means of strength as a means of strength training. The interesting part is that people will be like, hmm. Well, dynamic correspondence sounds cooler, so let's use that more and ignore the concept of muscle isolation. Even though both have like a... Can't you tie, though, the muscle isolation into the dynamic correspondence? Uh, yeah, I think you can. Yeah, I think so. Right. Um, Especially if you only need two out of the... Or two to three out of the five. I'm sure if from a problem-solving and creative skill, you could figure out a way that it like hammers at home. So he, he does go into here... Um, Devising methods of special strength training is associated firstly with the selection of the means and methods for developing muscular strength. All sporting movements is specific and goal-directed. So, you know, doing all everything that you're going to do as a, as a sport, there, there has to be some specificity. Therefore, the strength displayed in the execution of each movement is also specific and goal-oriented. One should not refer to strength in general, but only in the context of the given task. And I do agree with this a lot because a lot of people will say strength. And this also goes back to impulse and the discussion of impulse over speed strength is like, you could say a triple jumper has a phenomenal amount of strength, but people always just relate strength to a power lifter. Yeah. You know, I think that's like one of the downfalls of the, of the, the terminality, the terminology that we're using. Yeah. Like I think we talked about it once as a, as expressions of strength yeah uh maybe the easiest most gold standard it's like look at the weight on the bar yeah yeah yeah. that's strong and right it's like well yes yeah no one's discounting that's not strong however based off sort of like body type like any sport certain bodies can demonstrate their strengths better yeah in you know in lifting other, weights other ways but yeah. also in other ways too like right. I think I recently I made a comment to you on the podcast even it's like why does it seem like a lot of long leg individuals who like weightlifting wise probably struggle to squat a ton but like you see them in open skilled sports and they're they're like houses they're strong like, right and right. they can move and it's like who knows right or two like I would always make the joke I was like yeah Jake's legs are so long him to hit something for a two rep someone else with shorter legs it's like a five rep yeah exactly with how it would end up transferring like ratio wise to things so he goes on he goes in other words the means and methods of strength training should provide an adequate conditioning regime for the motor system and the space and the special exercise and thereby ensure continued improvement in the sporting performance so it's basically like what movements are going to have a good transfer yeah okay. if it keeps getting you better keep doing it if it stops getting you better you're plateauing you probably else. need to change it yeah. something as simple as like maybe rep schemes yes. may work there like yeah. when you first start you were 
we were talking earlier. You were like, yo, three by 10 is going to do you wonders. When yeah, you for begin. six to eight weeks, maybe even longer. Yeah. Maybe six months. But if you're still doing that, like three years in, like, all right, you probably you're have trash. a problem. Like, yeah. it's not going to work for you the same way. So the foundation of this assertion lies in the principle of dynamic correspondence, which emphasizes that the means and methods of strength training for specific sports should be chosen to enhance the required motor qualities in terms of amplitude and direction, uh, region of force production, um, which also, you know, dynamics of the effort, <clears throat> the rate and time, and then the regime of muscular work. And then they go into to show different examples. I have a question for you around hurdle hops with the dynamics of the effort. Does the hurdle have to be higher for the effort to be like higher dynamically? I don't think so, no. Like you can get away like 30 inches is essentially as good as 42 or is there like a give take in some way? Like does the 42 give you certain benefits where doing it, say at 30 doesn't? I think it depends on the athlete's ability and their um, – I was just thinking about this book, which I wanted to bring into the picture. Oh. Um I really Which think is that one? Say the it. Mechanics of Athletes. This is from Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dyson. Dyson. I want to say this is published in like 1950-something, uh, but I, I have something I want to show you, which is really funny. Um, uh, I, I think it's oh, 1962. I think what, what you're referring to, I think one of the issues... Oh, look, I had that right there. I think it's like a... There's an intent, I think, sometimes, and I also think there's... A, okay, so here, let me explain it this way. If I'm running a 60 or a 100-meter sprint, I am more anticipatory of the start. And this is proven out through start times are faster in the 60 than they are in the 100. And the 100 start times are faster than the 200. And the 200 are faster than the 400. And the 400 is faster than the 800. Because the means of the start and the 40 if you looked at the 40 like the 40 the the first seven steps but really the first two to three set up the rest of the run and it's the same thing with the 60 and where i'm going with this is the anticipation of the gun plays a major role in a shorter sprint the way i correlate that to hurdle hops is that if i'm doing a a 42 inch hurdle hop and i know i can do it but it's like yeah 75% of the time I'll, I'll be able to get it. Let's say for one, not me specifically, but somebody, <laughs> you know, you're a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I would have a higher level of anticipation, which in turn would help me with my output. Okay. And so even though a lot of people will, and, and rightfully so, a lot of people will say, well, the, the hip height might not change that much, but the ground reaction force and the time, the timing is so fast and the anticipation does play a role you can get a little bit lazy and i would bet if we had force plates you would see even if <coughs> you would see that somebody is is touching the ground for a shorter time frame po possibly a shorter time frame at a 42 inch hurdle that they have to go over and their hip height gets the exact same level than if there wasn't a 42 inch hurdle, their hip height gets the exact same level. I would bet they have a shorter contact time with the, with the hurdle in place because of that anticipation that I'm relating back to a 60 or a hundred. Yeah. Nice. I don't know so if that, I think you got to, it will impact the effort. Yes. But does it, is it necessary for what you're looking for? Probably not, but, also, if you're talking about, you know, let's say, you know, let's say we're doing something aggressive and we got an athlete. Actually, this is a good example of Ty G was like, he, he just said to me, he's like, if I could jump 34 to 35 at the at the pro day, it's going to turn heads. I know it's going to turn heads. And if then, if then I go and run like a four, two or a four, three in the, in the five, 10, five, and then if I can run like a four, five, five or a low four, six, that's going to turn everybody's heads. And it's like. Okay, well, if he runs a four six one versus a four six nine, four six one is like wow, he's almost running a four five, and that might be what you see from six weeks of doing hurdle hops at forty two inches. You know, okay, you know, like you might see that we that's, don't. That's huge though. Like when you're 
if you just want a chance. You just need a chance. Yeah, when you're on that cusp, too. Like, yeah, so it's You know, like, you get to go play a game for a living type of thing. Yeah, and I know that a lot of that is... is uh, We can't really 100% define that with the absolute... Well, you know, you're talking about stuff like that. I was... In my role here, I, I don't know if I said this to you earlier about how... But I, I said it to Trevor, too. I was like, impressions are always being made. Yeah. No matter where you're at. Like, if you're someone who's, like, first seeing it really deep in the system, maybe even, like, purchasing stuff. Yep. Like, there's always an impression being made. Yeah. And that's kind of, like, the same thing here. Like, there's always... All the work you do is always making an impression on your body. Yeah. It's not just one thing no, that makes the difference. Yeah. It's, it's the day in. Yeah. It's the first rep it's the last rep it's yep. the fifth rep it's the third set what do you it's do when you accessories yeah everything's making an impression for what ends up being the final result yeah and to attribute it to any one thing is a fool's errand like right. you can't do it yep yeah i agree i do agree now it's interesting i'm going to tell you this before i go into this mechanics of athletics um they didn't sauna yesterday uh-oh and dude, they all felt like trash today. And it's like, what was interesting is they didn't sauna yesterday. They sauna today. And I was wondering when they were working out. I'm like, I wonder if them, like, now Ty G jumped a PR in Levert for for today, but uh, he felt like crap during the workout. And Cam was jumping like five inches less than when he tested. So I was wondering to go to challenge your statement. Maybe there is one thing sometimes where it's like on a chronic could, because there's such chronic fatigue on a day-to-day basis right yeah. now, there could be one thing that if if it's recovery-based gets pulled out, they could see a drastic drop because they've been doing it so thoroughly. Man. You know, it's like if you have a bad night's sleep versus, you know, you sleep six days in a row. What about a bad a, week of sleep? Dave? Uh, yeah, a bad week of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, being an adult is different. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I wanted to say this. So this is this is from Jeffrey Dyson, The Mechanics of Athletics, right? And this is written in 1962. And I just want to bring this up. <clears throat> the change in speed of an athlete, discus, shot put, javelin, hammer, does not merely, and this is, this is just going into, does not merely depend upon the force applied, but also upon the time for which it operates. And that is known as its impulse. And starting from blocks, for example, an athlete should adjust his position, not only to increase his driving force, but also to lengthen the time during which it exerted, thus increasing his starting velocity, overcoming inertia. And then the throwing events, also the best techniques, are those in which maximum muscular force is exerted for the longest possible time. This was 1962. Okay, the impulse of a force is Man, equal. I thought you just made impulse up like uh, with yeah. the YouTube channel, Dane. And it's like, <laughs> he goes into this further, and it's like that, this is still a term that is not, it's not commonplace in in um, power vernacular. Yeah, yeah. It's always power or explosiveness, and and then it's just it was interesting because when I was reading through this, <clears throat> and people have even Did mentioned, you get all giddy like a child. Yeah, You're yeah. like, ooh, I found something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the interesting part is is that even since you know looking at at Jesse Owens, some you know Dan Paff even talks about. It. He's like, technique has gotten way better yeah so is the equipment the shoes the track they're running on but at the same time if you watch jesse owen run like the way he was running back in the day like his technique was pretty freaking good so like there were innate athletes that knew based off of field based off of off of correspondence from their brain like this is how i need to be applied force you also have to remember too like prior to jesse owens like that's around the ad, not the advent, but like sort of the mass of uh, like video cameras too, like film. Yeah, right. Like yeah. around the thirties, like that was when wasn't it? Sea Biscuit was the first horse that they realized, or somebody that something that they realized that horses were in a flight time. Like when they like jump. Uh, I don't. All, I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, all I remember reading about mechanics with that and like ostriches. They were they were recording them running and being like, that's how they move pretty cool yeah i remember when i took my biology of the birds class and learning that birds don't flap their wings like people imitate yeah it's more like a breaststroke oh how yeah. they cut through the because, air with yeah, the wings yeah okay and i was like that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool yeah that is cool <laughs> um and having that explained like 
I was just thinking like a bird being all jacked in the pecs and stuff. Like <laughs> yeah, from breaststroke. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Like just, poof, lats out to here. Give you wings. Well, I wanted to go into this the real quickly. Is that the the impulse stuff and the, the this is Mr. Dyson's impulse stuff, or are you just saying yeah, impulse in general? In general, but also some of the stuff that Sif was talking about with coordination. It's like it it still goes back to a back squat, right? Is like if we have somebody who's back squatting or doing a deadlift, if they can apply a, a larger amount of force in the same period of time, and um, Dan Cleather actually even talks about this, where he's like, you know, look at how somebody jumps on sand versus look how somebody jumps on, on hard wood. They will increase, the sand increases the time, but they can then increase the force. And it's like, it's understanding the implications of impulse that will then lead to us having a better performance in all of these different spaces. But if we keep using the terms... Sounds like dynamic correspondence there. To a point, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of training, really. Uh, we have to react to this video, Dane. You ready for this? I am ready. Um, this is uh, the conjugate... Yeah, I can't pronounce it. Say it. Conjugate. Method. I'm all stuffy. I'm a little lazy. <laughs> <laughs> conjugate method in five minutes explained. All right. Jesse Burdick. Let's... and explain as fast as I can because I'm on the clock. Conjugate. That was the a waste quickest of time there. Conjugate explanation that I can. So there's only really three things that we have to take into consideration. So many other people make it very, very complicated, trying to throw bands, chains, whatever in. So we're gonna talk about three things, That's make all it I very, very conjugate. easy, and we'll talk about how to add Accommodating resistance. stuff in afterwards. So there's three methods to the conjugate system. Dynamic, max effort, and then kind of the repetition accessory, accessory was the one you were big on type of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about our dynamic effort days. That's when our we go fast, days right? Are yep. perform perfection and force production. This is where you practice and force production is one of the four variables that increases impulse. Just so you know. Okay. Nice. Along with peak velocity, average velocity, and time. Deadlift. In our dynamic effort days, we are going to utilize sets of anywhere between ten and fifteen. Our reps are going to be anywhere between one and five, and our rest periods are going to be very, very short. We're thinking EMOM, so one to two minutes between our sets. Well, that sounds like cardio for power lifters. Volume is going to be high. Our intensity is going to be low. So that's dynamic effort. You're going to have one dynamic effort for our upper body, one for our lower body. So now we move into our second. So you do an upper lower split, then it sounds Max like. Max effort. Yeah. Max effort. Sounds exactly like, like what it is. You can picture it. People are yelling. People are screaming. Headbutting the bar. Going after Ugh. big weights. I don't know how I would do headbutting the bar. It doesn't have to be pretty. I feel like my head We're would there lose to in test that one. our strength. <laughs> These sets are anywhere between our top sets. Take this in. Um, anywhere between one and five reps. Top Again, sets. between one and five. And our rest periods are going to go from how about many top two sets to do five you do? minutes. We want Tell fully me. rested when you, you only go have three to minutes you left. are repeating your sets as you kind of go. Again, this is where you test your metal, you go ahead and you've been trying test. to um, increase a lift, strengthen a weak point. This is where we go in, test it, and make sure that all the work that oh, you've done over here like is starting right? to pay off yeah. over here. So we've I just dynamic, feel like that's good science more so than anything. Now we go to our repetition like test, effort, our accessory yeah. movements. Did very, it work, didn't easy. it work? You Who did it work better for? And Tam. The jacked and tan plan. We're working to jacked build up our weak points. So Man, if like our hamstrings are like lagging in our squat, our triceps <laughs> are lagging in our bench, our hips are <clears throat> lagging in our deadlift, prioritize those, make some movements, wrap them around. We're thinking of sets anywhere between five and ten, reps anywhere between five and twenty-five. You're going Can you out, imagine you're giving someone like ten, ten by twenty-five? Yeah, dumbbell bench. Look good, get <laughs> jacked. Now. This is where it gets weird with conjugate. There are so many movements that you can have in there, whether it's regular bench press, board press, board press against chains, board press against bands, wondering, board press against bands. What would you consider chains, the difference between squat, a board blah, 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 press and a bars, like the pad bench? So, Does the board, like, very, do you very pause easy. on the board? You what can, you yeah, you, you can. Pick about four it's just a way to, like, shorten the range of motion. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, they'll, they'll like start with a certain thickness and then decrease yeah. that. Okay. The weird part for me with that is like, have you ever used like a board press or anything? I played around with it a little bit. What's the difference between that and like a pin press? It, so, I, I mean, it's just like yeah, it's just the where where it's at in the range that you're trying to change. The board train. you don't necessarily need special equipment, right? Right. Like, yeah. The interesting part though was when like I see college coaches using it. And I'm like, dude, you got like a 22 year old male. Like, do you really need to do board bench right now to get them to bench like? 405 like come on dude like we don't need to go that crazy into the the toolbox to like push it i that's also me that's everyone's love of novelty too true it's like the same thing the way they sell you like you know to have a fulfilling life you need to travel and go places it's It's like you know it it could yeah could but but also too like it's not the places it's the people that makes for like Where the places we wanted to go were the people that we wanted to know. Yep. Modest Mouse. So. I can get rid of this. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, I I think like uh, it's a simple breakdown. It's a good review of just what that what that is, what it entails. And like, you know, I I also would say like the sets that we use, we I I think that, you know, Dr. B used to use high high sets. and, And I think that that always. I think weightlifting was also someplace that I've learned it quite a bit too. Was like I remember my like talking to Vardanian and being like, you know, what how how many sets would you do like like a no feet double snatch? And he'd be like, I mean, I would start at like a hundred, I work to one ten, maybe I put on one fifteen, then I go to one twenty, I'd see how one twenty feels. I might do it for another set, then I go to one thirty, maybe I go to thirty five to forty, hit forty, maybe I go to fifty, and at the end of it, it's like. Well, that was like 10 to 12 sets. It's like, well, yeah, that's what I, I do. And I think that a lot of people going back to that, like three sets of 10, four sets of 10, discount the efficacy of that. Yeah. Or don't count the sets that get you there. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be like, oh, it's I it's did not. three doubles. Yeah. It's like, well, you actually did seven doubles. Yeah. You're not counting the heavy ones, or maybe you're just being a little too tentative in what type of jumps you can make to get there, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's... And I think going back to the technique stuff of how how Burdick well, mentioned, yeah, with the, the dynamic you, effort yeah, days too, yeah, it helps it. you with that. All so right. this is a freak of the week here, freak of the week. So um, I'm just gonna let you know, Dane, this is a uh, our first two time freak of the week. Oh, nice, that's cool. All right, this is a uh, <clears throat> Joseph Hodge who is getting the second freak of the week because as Joseph here posted, Dane challenged me, so I had to post these. These were all in the same day. P.S. I'm at 198 workouts on peak strength. Dude, that's wild. So all this happens in the same day, and this is all response to last time when he got Freak of the Week. Dane went and made comments. I bet you can do this. You could do that. I don't remember yeah, off yeah, my head. I don't remember the... But there's definitely a clip of it. You can look at see what. Yeah, might have said like one tens for like twenty yeah. or something. So, I don't even know what he does here, to be honest. This is a uh, we're gonna see three lifts of Joseph Hodge of Discord doing this stuff, and we're gonna react to it, and we're gonna say check out his peak strength thing. Yeah. Um, I be- I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but like. The gains this guy has like said he's made from using the app are pretty substantial. And 198 workouts. If we say that's four workouts a week, what is that? Four. weeks. Right? Four. It's like 44 weeks. I don't know. If I did 200 year. divided by four. Yeah, it's 50 weeks, right? Yeah. Yeah, so like a year worth of programming. Yeah. All righty. And like. Inconsistent. Yeah. So you probably started around like last Christmas. This is gonna be no joke too. Like these aren't baby weights. Yeah. So so this will be. Are we going dumbbell bench first? Yeah, we're going dumbbell bench first because he has the peak strength shirt on. Why don't I have that shirt? By the way, you haven't hit your milestone. Look at this. Uno, two, 
three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> He's not playing. There's no one spotting him either, too. Oh, oh come come on. on. 17. Oh, geez. That was scary. And he's go. Oh, I thought he was going to go for 18. What a savage. The hundreds. hundreds for 17. That's nice. He probably got a nice pump. Yo, Joseph, put your feet in the floor on the first, like, three reps. I was going to say it was, like, Larson <laughs> Preston. <Pratt. laughs> yeah. Just like, hey, I don't need What it. was the other? Oh, I was, I was going to say he, he, I would go, like, a semi-neutral on dumbbells. Maybe just a little bit. But, that dude, those are great. Um, you want to go to the bench press next? Yeah. Also, Hodge is a name that I feel like everybody who's got that last name is just a savage. Must run <laughs> in the blood. All right. And I'm not saying that's why he's yeah. like that is. What is this? 275 or I can't. No, it's more. Oh, uh, this is 305. Someone's on a treadmill behind you. Oh, yeah. One. Come on. Come on. Drive fast, drive fast, drive fast, drive fast. Oh, nice. Dude, he's a freaking grinder. Yo, he dude. got guts, too. Holy crap. He knows the how fact he even went for it, too. So he must have done that for five. Love the dudes who spawned him. Love his stash. And then he must have done the drop set over 100. Yeah, no, that. these were all on the same day, he said. So oh, no, he got that. He got that for six. Oh, I thought he missed the sixth. No, he missed uh, rep seven. Oh, and he geez. got the hundreds for seventeen. And we still have a snatch coming on that looks like it's it's either two thirty or one oh six or two thirty five. I think it's gonna be a snatch from the ground. Oh no, I lied. High hang. High hang. Let me see that again. Dude. Remember, rugby player too. He's not like What's a, that dude in the background deadlifting the same weight. <laughs> that's a. I think he was trying to power that. Yeah. Oh, that's why he points yeah, down. Yeah, like that's nice. He's though. like, I nod it. Didn't happen. Dude, that's a good. <laughs> it's funny because we filmed this the video this morning on like, if you just snatched and bench, and it's like. He's a really good example of like, dude's a powerhouse. Clearly, look at his snatch, and then he's got that upper body strength. Yes, you know, throwing some pull ups and stuff, right? Like that's great, but you can literally get away. You could go really far just snatching and benching, like really far, because yeah. you get the speed, you get the mobility, and and the shoulder stability, and then you're you're hammering that upper body, and it's like. Rapid hip, hip extension, rapid elbow extension. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, I'm, I'm, I like. This is this is great. I, I love this. I'm actually like. This is. I I wish we could do something more with this as a company currently, and we're figuring that stuff out. But this is really cool. Oh. F Joseph said we can use these videos. Okay. FYI, I asked him. But Joseph, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm gonna, I gotta get my peak strength shirt, and I'm gonna start wearing it in, <laughs> in videos because this is that's a really, I just, I love that, dude. Congrats to you too. Like your work is showing through. I think that's the neat part is like 198 workouts, and I'm sure it's been more since he posted that. Too. Yeah, yeah. You know, Ralph sort of said that yesterday. Ralph's like, you realize, think about this. Me and Yvonne did the, we only trained on peak strength for the last like four months for weightlifting. And they were both, they both PR'd by like 20 kilos each in the meat. And, and he's like, this is just from your app, dude. That's crazy to think <laughs> about. Like, that's cool. And I mean, it's, it's from Joseph's hard work. Yeah. Well, it's one thing to be like, you do need the, the map, the map. Helps. Yeah. 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 But then you gotta be, the yeah, guy you gotta it. execute too. But yeah. like, you know, you're, forking out like hey i'm purchasing this product i'm investing in it it's an investment in myself yep and what i want out of life and you know so you go and do the work from there so and like the hundreds for 17 yeah, yeah look at the results um overrated underrated you ready for this hundreds for 17 underrated <laughs> 
Um, Joseph Hodge, you are underrated. The, the freak of the week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All Joseph right. First Hodge, one. You are the freak of the week. Uh, because we were doing conjugate, that's why I put this stuff in here. I don't know how much we stayed on top. <laughs> Impulse. Uh, no, it was reverse hyper, overrated, underrated. I like I I love it. I think it's underrated. Yeah, it definitely. I, I is. like it a lot. I, I use it daily. I want to buy one for my home gym. Yeah, but because I want it, but also too, I'm like I'm trying to think how many different things so I could use it. So more than like I don't. Elite FTS had one that had the swing on the one side and the pad, and then they had the GH on the back side, and uh-huh. then they could do Nordics on that as well. Okay, but I'm sure it's. Dude, I'm sure it's yeah. Icy. That's all I've been thinking about. I'd like it, but can I just keep doing razor curls? And- yeah. <laughs> Yo, they were also torn up. The football guys were crushed by the razor curls. Well, yeah, because they're super hard. Yeah. I I got to the point I was getting like I was good at them. Like there was just like I could do this. So I just kept adding reps and reps, and I'm like I can't keep doing this. I yeah. So I took a break from it, and I was like, well, I'm just gonna add the band to it. Like yeah, yeah. And I could go down in reps and. That made it harder again. Now I just need to work up the courage to do a Nordic <laughs> without owning a Nordic. All right. Overrated, underrated. Dynamic effort lifts. I I think they're overrated because I'm always like this. If you need to do dynamic effort lift, okay. Let's say you're doing it. Uh, you know, I also think we should be talking about like some people will replace a clean or a snatch with, with like a trap bar jump, and it's like you've got to look not to get too into like the hinging stuff of the pull, but like part of the dynamic aspect of a of a technical coordination movement like a snatch or a clean is there is the hinge with the pull, and there is some knee aspect as well when you're pushing your knees under. And this sort of takes me to the deadlift, right? And it's like, or even the back squat. Why are why is it? Maybe it's the dynamic effort stuff I can see from from you know, back squatting stuff. I can see it benching to a point, and we use it. Well, wouldn't you consider like an unbroken back squat sort of a dynamic, dynamic effort? effort? Yeah, I like would. It's a way to modulate intensity. I would. That's where I'm like, I think about it though more of like. I guess maybe I should have clarified this in the beginning is like when I look at it as being overrated, I'm like, why aren't these guys doing like cleans or clean pulls? And there's, there's some European power lifters that are very strong that do clean and they have big deads. And it's like, I'll always go back to Sam cleaning 200 kilos, Sam back squatting 280, 290 ass to grass and never deadlifting at all. Never. And then deadlifting 700 pounds just out of the blue. And it's like, well, that's because he does that he does those lifts and i guess maybe if i would lump them into dynamic effort but then my next caveat would be like why don't they do more of that because it could help with their yeah why don't you do more technical coordination lifts because there as much as there is research around muscle size correlates to strength there's also research that like people don't increase size and they still can get stronger and that goes back to the to the neurological aspect so my argument would be, why not do both? Why not do like high accessory work like work like they do, and then also have days where they're doing more technical coordination. Nice, yeah. All right, overrated, underrated, maxing out, maxing out, yeah, underrated. I think it's like one of the biggest failures right now in the fitness world. I think it's like, dude, <laughs> you get a like yesterday you saw like the football kids. It's like oh yeah, it was packed. There's like 32 kids in the Dave gym. was like, "Don't talk to me." <laughs> yeah, it's like, and then you got you got. I think I had six or seven kids, because uh, I cu- I had a couple of high school kids, and then Taman had the rest. And it's like, you think a culture like that doesn't exist? Like w- without us going to like some heavy doubles here and there, maybe like yeah. to, all right, you're feeling pretty good. Let's see. You know, the one kid was in eighth grade. that did, he did his first 200 pound single leg George. And he's like six, four, six, five. And it's like, oh, wow. Yo, you're in eighth grade. He's six, four. And he just single leg squatted 200. And I'll bet a lot of money that in pounds, not kilos. Yeah. Uh, pounds. <laughs> yeah. And I'll bet a lot of money in six years. We could cut this clip. Cause he'll be playing power five football. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that comes from, that that max out and it, and it's i'm not saying you should be doing it all the time you know i think it 
comes down to like there's a point of understanding you know we want to use something like rate of perceived exertion as a as a guideline but if you don't push what that exertion is a rate of perceived exhaustion whatever i think it is exertion i'm thinking yeah if you don't push that line, like you never actually know what your real RPE is. It's almost too like and you same ha- with the RIR. It's the same yeah. thing. You have to understand too, like what is your intention? Are you trying? Like, are you a bodybuilder? Okay, right. think this way. Are you an athlete? Well, sometimes you got to do things. And I don't. I say this very lightly. That may seem a little dumb, but it's gonna get you the W there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, for sure. Or it's gonna get you the first out somehow. So like, yeah. And I might get flack for for saying that, but I don't care because well, I, you didn't say it. I said that part. Well, I, I'm saying about it being overrated because or underrated. It's underrated. Because, yeah, max out more yeah, often, everyone. Yeah. Don't be scared yeah. to do it. I know we talk about being older. Like some days, it's like, yo, I don't have it. Yeah, and then just, days you show up, you're like, yo, I have it today. Yeah, I gotta do but, it. But but I'm supposed to do this. Nah, man. Like yeah, <laughs> this is what we're doing. It's go time. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Either or. Accommodating resistance, bands or chains? Which one do you choose? This was supposed to be a West Side episode. <laughs> I, I think. <clears throat> I know you're not big on either. Bands for teaching technique, um, especially to younger kids. That was like the biggest thing I learned from Tate. That it, like he was like, dude, this is how you can fix a lot of your young kids' bench. Um, I think chains can just be cumbersome with actually knowing like. Except when you're doing decline tail extensions. Yeah, except when you're just like, just throw it on. Just throw it on. Because that's the other thing, too, is like there are points where chains, like if you're just trying to get a pump. I I probably would pick bands, though, as long as they're new bands that you're regularly, like you know that they're consistently the same tension. All right. We got audience questions. You good for this? Yeah. We're going long. Yeah, we're going really long here. (laughs) Blaming you. You you started reading your books while we were doing a podcast. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'm a this is substantial uh, hyphen long five oh six from Reddit. I'm a wide receiver for football and a mid distance track runner. My main race is probably the eight hundred, but I'm very skinny five nine one hundred twenty pounds, and I want to put on muscle that's going to help me and improve my track running performance. But I'm so lost on splits to do certain exercises and everything since I know I can't train like a body. Do you want to be an eight hundred runner? Or do you want to be a wide receiver? <laughs> that's anyone. my big question here. Um. Sounds like more track. Uh, like, I wouldn't get heavier than like 145 pounds. And I would probably, you know, like, if 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 you look up uh, Mark Arop from Canada, he's probably the biggest, the biggest 800 meter guy right now. And he just won the world title. I, I don't know exactly how much he weighs. I don't have my phone on me uh, to actually look that up for you real quickly. But like, he's a bigger guy. And the, the the thing is, though, I want to say he might even be six feet tall. So it's like five nine one twenty. That's not as that's not that big. You know, Wes Welker was a very very you know Edelman. We're talking about some of the best slot receivers. Five ten was is really short still for a wide receiver. I would go all in on track, and I would just say like, all right, I want to play football for fun in the fall. If I could get up to like one forty five, one fifty during football, and then throughout the winter time, cut down to like one forty five. Just watch, you know, your caloric intake. You're probably going to get enough mileage in, and you should be doing enough, uh, enough. You should be doing enough sprint work that that'll help with your eight. Now, as far as a split, I would set that up where you do like. 40 minutes of like super explosive work on, on a leg day um, in prep for football. You got to do all the upper body stuff. As soon as football is over, I would cut some of that and just go, I would go power athlete impulse. Power athlete impulse. Ooh, I feel like we have a video about three days of legs coming out. Oh yeah. You're right. Actually. Yeah. Jeez. How about that? Yeah. All right. Discord. Good old liquidarity. Has Dane shared any of his running or gym music playlist on Spotify? I believe also someone asked for your Taylor Swift playlist. That promise. I have a so I do I, I do have my own personal Spotify. It's not the gym Spotify. Um. Bum, bum, bum. On the gym Spotify, I have a six hundred song hip hop playlist, and it, oh, Sam's always like. You're such an old person. Like you have no clue how to make actual playlists. <laughs> you just put songs on a playlist instead of being like, "This is the purpose of this playlist. 
it's 20 songs. Like, yeah. So I will Your say Your curation that. skills need to improve, Dane. Yes, correct. That's correct. Hey, this is for Max Out Friday yeah. hip-hop playlist. It's funny because when I Two go Two hours for, long, you're good. Yep, exactly. Uh, today I went for a run uh, seven miles. Yeah, you let us know the first thing yeah, you got here. I don't know if I let you know I ran for seven miles before the sun came up. and That's because he's a vampire. <laughs> and one, one of the things that I like to do on a really long run is I'll just listen to a podcast because then I stay calmer. But if I want to try and boost, and dude, I actually was running in the low eights in a couple of my miles. But if I want to push a bit, I'll listen to EDM or like some hard rap. Okay. Yeah, you know, and then I'll, I'll my heart rate will will start start to skyrocket. EDM throws doesn't throw me off, but I always pick like because a lot of it ends up being like polyrhythmic. Yeah, I end up picking. I don't want to say the wrong rhythm, but the one that's going too real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, that one's tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting too. With uh, with me, even yeah. I don't. Know. I haven't done that yet, so maybe I should. Yeah, you gotta like, you gotta find like EDM. Like some, it probably exists already, but like EDM, and it's like the BPM is this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That does exist. Just yeah, and it's like, oh, go find the heart rate one. For I this. do want to say in my my personal Spotify, I'm trying to curate now the way in a better way because when i first got spotify up until like 2018 i i would just throw songs yeah. on the random thing so i'm an itunes person <laughs> I, I don't use spotify yeah, yeah that's fine did you they're like they're, apparently they're gonna stop paying certain accounts if they don't get a certain amount of streams so essentially like millions of dollars just like funneling up towards the top that's spotify yeah really so the artists who already like all the like thirteen to seventeen year olds listen to, yeah, just gonna get more money. Yeah, I'll have to read about that. That might change my. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into this. Oh, week's sorry to end up on a, a bad note there, everyone. Of the Garage Strength Podcast, let us know if you want us to talk further about dynamic correspondence because I do think, I think I I have to like think through it more, and if I'm in favor or against it or or not, so. Until next time, peace. Later.